And welcome back to another episode of the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. I am your host, Wyatt, co-hosting alongside Lucas, Bart, Jared. And you may have forgot about him, but it's Aiden, who is finally <laughs> back with us. The first... My contract negotiation, yeah, my holdout has ended. Oh, uh, no. We've been getting emails. I got what I wanted, the... yeah. <laughs> People have been DMing at Lunch Pail Guys <laughs> underscore on Twitter nonstop for the past five weeks. In a panic. Been... In absolute <laughs> panic. <laughs> The first actually married man on the podcast. So con- huge know, congratulations. We're, yeah, we're in a race to, to get to that title. <laughs> yeah. That one, so take that. There was, a th- there was a $50,000 bet put on that. The pot winner yeah, exactly. goes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you thought the Cowboys game was expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but the odds on Aiden being the first one would have been like the easiest bet. Ever. I feel like there was no, there was low chance it was anybody mm-hmm. else. No, no offense to oh. the other, you know. <laughs> Us, I love the but... idea of an underdog candidate just like shotgun wedding. Yeah, what were the yeah, what were the like odds Jared just gets yet, engaged but... out of nowhere <laughs> and married. Minus two fifty on that. <laughs> um before we get into the actual episode, we're gonna go over some news that we missed. The PGA tour sells out completely and officially merges with the Live Golf Tour after asking Roy McElroy to uh cry for guys, please don't join the Live. Have some integrity. The PGA Tour matters. And then they just sell out entirely anyway. Brutal. Expected. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, not stunned. No, honestly, I was, uh, yeah, I was pretty stunned by that. <laughs> I feel like they were going to do anything to make the most money they could. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I didn't doubt that. I just, I don't know. They just, because they talked such a big game about it, mm-hmm. kind of assumed that they wouldn't <laughs> do it without at least, you know, kind of slowly over time seeming yeah, right. more okay with it. But anyway. Yeah. For sure, all the bands they handed out and whatnot. Right. There's a lot of talk now about how this opens up, how like a Saudi team could, or a Saudi owner could buy another major American sports team. So baseball, football, basketball type deal. I think baseball would be the scariest out of all of that just because of the lack of salary cap and the the numbers that they could throw out there in terms of yep. um who they could get as far as like i mean i guess yeah. It, yeah. they're not that rich yeah. <laughs> hey. they're a second half team it's fine yeah <laughs> wait how are the padres doing i know the mets because i follow the analysts have been falling apart sorry but how have the padres been i think also oh they're bad they have the basically the same record as the Mets. The Padres oh, are thirty-one yeah, yeah. and thirty-four. Yeah, yeah. That's a thirty-one, thirty-five. Yeah. Are there there aren't rules against like Saudis buying American sports teams, right? I'm just kind of surprised it hasn't happened already. If like England, like Premier League soccer, yeah, like a ton right. of the teams are, yeah, or at least several, right, are Saudi owned. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Me, I I do not know the ownership structure of all the Premier League teams. Take that. But... <laughs> um, Messi or sorry, Josh Allen is now the new Madden athlete, the Madden cover athlete. How Any controversial thoughts? His ACL. <laughs> I think the Madden curse thing kind of died though it after did. like 2010. Mm-hmm. It did. I don't know. Well, when you put Patrick Mahomes in the cover, there's like no way. 
Yeah. That it yeah. carries on. Just immune. You know? Yeah. He's too good. I think even Lamar was still pretty good after that. I mean, I guess he's fallen off a little bit, but <laughs> nothing too crazy. Does he deserve it? Maybe not, but whatever. I mean, you can't put Mahomes on three times in the in the last what was it seven years? Like you can't you can't just keep throwing him at it. You gotta you gotta mix it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Messi is headed to Inner Miami, from wherever he was from to where he is now. <laughs> I saw tickets like Messi. tickets for their games were like thirty bucks, and then he signed, and now they're like. Five hundred dollars for the cheap seats. That's <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Have you looked into tickets if they're playing? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Mm, yeah. Well. I saw something the other day that said that Inner Miami became the had the most followers on Instagram of any non NBA. American sport team. Yeah. It was pretty wild. Crazy. Yeah. It kind of wild to me that the NBA teams are the most followed, too. It is. Or NBA is like a time. digital... Yeah, they have a digital following. That's... I don't totally understand, but it's a lot stronger, I feel like, than other sports. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. You're saying baseball is not a TikTok sport, even after the pitch clock? That that didn't change things? (laughs) John Boy, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) Um, Conor McGregor takes a little a bit too far and hospitalizes the Heat mascot. With what looks like a he, so there was like a bit. Uh, he was on the court, and the Heat mascot was pretending to box with him, and then Conor McGregor hits him with like with like a looked like a real haymaker, uh, and then he fell over, and then he punched him in the face again mm-hmm. while he was on the ground. I don't know what part of it was the part that went too far because they both look like hard punches, but um, I, I guess that he ended up having to go to the hospital after that. I feel like he probably wasn't supposed to punch him hard either time. Then he just did. Yeah. <laughs> None of the other people who were in on the bet reacted to any of the punches like he went too far. I mean, they all were like smiling and going along with it. So, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't really tell. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not really gonna be able to tell if a mascot is like grimacing in pain or something. Either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Behind the the furry facade of their face, or yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I think instead it should have been that both were dressed up in mascot costumes and it was unclear. And nobody or they didn't yeah. say which one was Conor McGregor until one just started absolutely mm-hmm. dominating the other. <laughs> which one is the UFC fighter? Yeah, It'd be a fun game. <laughs> And then last in non-sports related news, I just could not let this go. Apple released a new <laughs> VR headset. I think it's called the Lens, right? The uh, Apple Lens. Some other company. Apple Vision Pro is what it's called. Yeah. Um, how completely out of touch are major corporations? 
when they come up. <laughs> Jared, do you... <laughs> exactly. No, I, I, I just, I don't think so. <clears throat> I think this is the same scope as like the metaverse where we live in a virtual world and they're like, yeah, like this is a big deal. This is the future. We're pioneering the future. You're going to have people wearing this out on the streets and the whole like the whole presentation just felt like it had no real practical applications other than well you can see your phone screen pressed against your face and then your other option is is you can also be in this board meeting but like you're actually just home and it's like i so i can do zoom calls and go through my messaging app uh, with it pressing against my face i don't i, I like what is the obsession with VR? And this is AR. I know that. Uh, but what, like, what is what is the real practical use? There are so many other things that they could have done with it when it comes to like real world interaction. But it's just like okay, it's your screen, but different. And I don't. I hate that companies keep trying to push this out. That like they know better. Like, no, I don't think the boomer knows what the future looks like. There, I could not imagine spending. It's thirty five hundred dollars, right? On that, yeah. There are so many other things I would rather. <laughs> whatever it is, you could buy so many better things for that. You could buy, I don't know, a plane ticket to like seven different cities. <laughs> like on international flights, you could buy twenty different plane tickets to flights in the U.S. I don't know. Just... You can go there over VR, Lucas. So why would you? Yes. Yeah, so why would I do it? You could be in Europe in your room. <laughs> yes. Why would I fly to New York City when instead I could be there on VR? Did everybody watch the presentation? No. There's a there's a bit where it's like, if you see somebody like if it if the Google or the Apple lens senses that there's somebody nearby, it goes to a clear display. So like. It goes to like clear what what is pr- pretty much ski goggles, <laughs> but in the in the thing it's fishbowl eyes poking through these <laughs> ski goggles, and it's like, hey, how you doing, man? It's like the most <laughs> impractical use I have ever seen. Go and watch the video. It just it's so out of touch, and it's like I don't I can't imagine seeing people yeah. wearing this on yeah, the street. If, if Google Glass it, failed, then I don't see how this monster. And that was a either. way better concept. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it looked so much more normal. Yeah, until I mean, until like VR. Have, I have trouble doubting Apple. Like, yeah. I know. No, yeah. they've I know. When they no, they have stuff that fails too. They have stuff that they do. What? Yeah, I'm curious. Watch the what? movies, <laughs> the Apple Two or whatever, like the little HomePod. Um, the HomePod doesn't really work. <laughs> I actually yeah, have yeah, a HomePod, but they had the big version where it's like it's 350 bucks, but it's actually a speaker, and it was awful. They have stuff that they have stuff that doesn't necessarily sell. Yeah. Are they <laughs> okay? To be fair, the link, the LinkedIn marketer is the the only demographic on earth that, I think <laughs> yeah, that exactly. would be like. I can, totally I can take a board meeting like, call. Huge into VR, and they are yeah. okay. They're like, just they're, out of touch. Yeah. Up, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's <laughs> so, like, if I had to pick one demographic, that would be the one to listen with. It would be that. Accurate. Let's get into our first topic. The Nuggets <laughs> win the championship on the back of Nikola Jokic. The Denver Nuggets, this is their first championship in franchise history. Jokic won a finals MVP he didn't really care for. And after a fantastic postseason run by the two-time MVP, 
he may be the best player in the world. Um, a little quote here from Mike Malone before we get into this. You go from upstart to a winner, a winner to a contender, and a contender to a championship or champion. Last step after champion is a dynasty. So, Bart, are the Nuggets the next mini dynasty in the NBA? Well, I'm the one answering, so my answer is obviously going to be the middle ground, as always. I think it's a yes and it's no. Honestly, like I see both. Why yes? I think the Nuggets are the best position team in the league right now to have a dynasty if you were to pick one. Like, I think this is a textbook example of how, how to build a roster. Uh, you really have to give it up to like, the Nuggets management for this. Right, like the key cogs, Jokic and Murray, they're both super young and they're both locked down for at least two more years. Murray's the one who's for two more. They're going to extend him. He's absolutely earned that. They're going to extend him as soon as they can. Then after that, you got Aaron Gordon and MPJ. They're also really young and locked down for a while. So the four most important players on the roster are locked down. Malone has been with the team since 2015, since Jokic has been a rookie. So basically, you've got a really tight-knit core, dominant stars, the best player in the world, as you said. Why? I don't think it's a maybe. And a coach who knows all the players really well. So that bodes really well. Why do I say no then? Because dynasties right now in the NBA feel next to impossible. We've had five straight years now with five different champions. The parity in the league right now is crazy high. It's like that hasn't happened since the 70s, right? Like people thought the Lakers after the bubble were well positioned. Look where that got them. People thought the Bucks were about to be the next dynasty. They just fired Bud. So they haven't done anything either. So you just never know. There's just so much luck right? Like there's the roster turnover. I know I just mentioned a bunch of guys are here to stay, but like this year, for example, Bruce Brown is going to be the guy who probably leaves. He's earned a bag. He's going to go somewhere. He was really important for them in the playoff run. Next year, it's probably going to be KCP. So like replacing people like that is there's luck involved, right? And then there's the health question. MPJ is notoriously injury prone. Murray with his ACL thing, maybe something will come up again. Jokic has like never had injury problems. As he gets older, you can't be sure that that won't start being an issue. So, like, will they ever have a completely healthy team like they did this year? I don't know. And then just the fact that everybody's gunning for them now, right? Like, the West especially is so talented. There are so many good teams in the league right now. Even if the Nuggets are contending every year, as Malone would say, they were contenders. I just don't think it's, like, I can't confidently say the Nuggets are that much better than everybody else who's going to now be gunning for them. And they're going to want to be the sixth different team in six years. So, I would probably lean towards no. They are not going to be a dynasty, but they are also always going to be right up there. I do think that's true. Yeah, I think I saw a stat that I, I forget what the exact metric is, one of the advanced stats, but it's basically a weighted average of age for each team. So, like, you're, the age gets weighted higher if your player plays more minutes. And the Nuggets are the, are the, like, the lowest since the 14 15 Warriors or whenever their, their first championship was, which I do think bodes well on the dynasty front, too, because. They have that core, and that core is young, and like Bart said, they're around for at least a little while. So if I like, I think I'm on the same page as Bart that if you had to put your money on one team for it to be, like to be the next dynasty, I think the Nuggets are the best positioned. But that being said, like there's such levels of randomness that go into it. But I think the the youth especially is huge in making sure that this can last at least four, five, six years in the future. Six years from now, Jokic will be the oldest player, and he'll only be 34. That's how old yeah. like James Harden is now, or somebody like that. It's only a year older than I think Dame is right now, or two years. So he can still be competing really well five, six years down the road, um, and everybody else will be younger than he is. So yeah. 
I think that yeah. is a recipe for success. Yeah, when you talk about that youth in comparison with some of the other like Western Conference potential powers right now, mm-hmm. they don't have that. I mean, obviously the in terms of the the West, it was Nuggets, Grizz, Kings. Like those teams aren't that old, but everyone after that is old. Suns, Clippers, Warriors, Lakers. Those are all teams where the guys they rely on are old. So I'm not that worried about those teams. You know, maybe the Suns, I was confident in the Suns coming into the playoffs. Maybe they make a comeback next year. Um, but it's kind of hard to see those teams really challenging the Nuggets that much if the Nuggets stay healthy. So at that point, you're kind of relying on the Grizz to kind of put things together and Jada, you know, be able to stay on the floor and keep the team together. But I don't know. So it, it does feel like they're the best option right now, at least in the West for sure. Mm-hmm. The bonus. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to an uh, I think it was ESPN Daily or some ESPN podcast where I don't want to misquote somebody, but this sticks out in my mind as they said Murray and Jokic is the best two man game in NBA history, which I think is an exaggeration. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> did you wait to see how people I, reacted before you picked your word no no no. i was always going to say an exaggeration but i was wanting to see if anybody would defend that take or do you think it's just a no it's like Shaq and kobe probably if you were to pick yeah, yeah. So, like something like that like they're historic i think the big thing with the nuggets team that i that i think obviously best players aside nicole Jokic is fantastic jamal murray had a really great series um, it'll probably be a bona fide all-star going forward. I think the thing that makes them so interesting where the established role players like Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., um, Bruce Brown, and I think Michael Brown is the other kid who was a rookie who um, kind of popped up on the scene as well. And when I think of other teams, there no team is going to do it with just one star. And I think that that's where like the Kings fell short because DeMontis Saponis, I didn't think, played very well in that series with the Heat. I think with the Grizzlies, I think they have two players on there, um, John Morant and Jaron Jackson, who complement each other well. Jaron Jackson is going to have to grow a lot 
when it comes to him offensively uh, as he goes through these next couple of years. And I think the thing I like about them is that they do have some pretty good established role players. Tyus Jones might be the best backup point guard in the league. And Desmond Bain is a really good second to third option, depending on how you look at him. I think he can play that Michael Porter Jr. role of like a get hot, like microwave type scorer. Um, and of course, if John Morant is a more serious person after whatever this pending suspension might be, the Grizzlies do have a legitimate chance to do that. That's what the Warriors have always done really well is Steph is obviously fantastic, but and Clay was a fantastic scorer, but they were were also basically just really good role players. They always had a really good rebounding center who could play down low uh, defensively type deal. And I think that that's what a lot of teams are going to have to do is that, especially with the way that this new um, CBA is going to kind of roll out for teams and how they can maintain things. Obviously getting a one or two is fine, but you don't need to go and get big money on a number three. You just need to find really talented established role players. Um, and, and that's going to be huge for teams for dethroning uh, a dynasty like this. Dame is totally in play for the Boston Celtics. Uh, when they can trade Jalen Jalen Brown for Dame in some so, some likely situation, I think Jalen Brown is in play for Carl Anthony Towns. I think that that's a very realistic Whoa. opportunity. Um, I think he's gonna find his way out of there, and they're just gonna lean on Jason Tatum. I, I, I but mm. I also would ship out Marcus Smart ASAP. He's, I mean, he's a really good player. I'm not, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, I like th- Marcus Smart. Like, I, I, he, but I think that he has too much, like, give me the ball, I'm the guy. And I think that they got to just go and, like, Tatum's the guy. And they just got to give him all the pieces. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think the core exists. Maybe Jason Tatum just needs to ask for the ball more, Wyatt. <laughs> yeah. To- <laughs> I don't think Marcus Smart's listening, though. He doesn't want to take that big shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, outside of the Heat and outside of the Nuggets, there were winners and losers from this finals. Um, some people had the most to gain. Some people had the most to lose, indirectly or directly. So we're going to give our guys uh, who, had, who gained the most from this win, who lost the most from this win, starting with Aiden, who are your two? Yeah, to, to start with the, the person who's going to gain the most, I'm going with someone we've already mentioned a bit, Bruce Brown. He's a free agent this year. He's likely someone the Nuggets can't afford to retain anymore, as as Bart I think was mentioning. Um, but he definitely gained this offseason. Or sorry, this this postseason. Um, but he's always been an underdog. He was a second round pick by the Pistons in 2018. He was traded for a second round pick to the Nets. He was apparently forced out of Brooklyn by request from KD. Like these are just <laughs> rumors on Twitter. But the rumor was that KD did not want him back. And so he left, signed like, you know, the mid-level exception with Denver. So it was, was real cheap for Denver. Um, and he's really just, he's played every position, every role. He played forward when Michael Porter Jr. was struggling in the finals. He played point guard when, you know, Murray was resting. He even played center at times. He was screening for the pick and roll. You know, he was super clutch in the series. He scored 11 points in the fourth quarter of game four um, and scored four of the Nuggets' last six points in their clinching game five. Uh, so he he put on, you know, he acted as a an elite role player, we'll say, um, and that's going to get him more of a payday than the, than mm-hmm. the mid-level exception for sure. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of the, the loser here, 
Um, this isn't a, a this is fairly obvious, but coaches were the losers, even coaches of winning teams, you know, more than ever making the postseason, advancing in the postseason really does not mean that much if you don't meet expectations for your team. You know, of the six teams that fired a head coach this offseason, only two of them were below 500 this year. Two of them advanced past the first round. Uh, so I feel like now more than ever, you are not safe if you're an NBA coach, if you're not meeting exactly what the, especially multiple years in a row, not meeting the expectations for your team, even if you're winning playoff series. Fair. I can see mm. Bruce Brown getting paid by like the Rockets as like, exactly. he's a winner. He's a <laughs> locker room guy. Like he knows what it takes. Blah, blah, blah. A lot of clutch postseason minutes next yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Brutal. Lucas, who are your two? So my winners um, are the first, or the winner, I guess, the one with the most to gain, is the collective of uh, journeymen careers who all got their first ring, uh, specifically on Denver. The NBA did a little feature on this. I think it's always a fun moment when people who have just done the, the sort of thankless jobs of NBA basketball finally get rewarded after long careers of being plug-and-play guys, getting minutes off the bench, never really making a difference. Maybe you get one who helps the team win a title every year. Um, but this year you got three. I mean, the extent to which maybe they helped win a title varies, but the three guys who got a ring after being uh, journeyman for their whole career. We're starting with DeAndre Jordan, who I think is the least sort of journeyman of the three. He was first-team All-NBA when he played for the Clippers, but since that point he's really bounced around the league. He's been on seven teams in his 15 years. Um, and he was the first of the Lob City uh, Clippers to win a, a ring before Whoa. Chris Paul and uh, <laughs> Blake Griffin, which is kind of crazy. But happy for him. The other is the others are Jeff Green, who has played for eleven teams mm-hmm. in sixteen years in the league. Finally got his first ring. Um, and finally the uh, all-time record holder for most teams played for Ish Smith, who has played for thirteen year teams in fourteen years in the NBA, got his first ring as well. So I am happy for those guys for sticking it out, doing the thankless jobs, and finally being rewarded for it. I think they're all big winners. Uh, my loser is someone who I think takes a very small L, but one that I think needs to be mentioned, and I think that is Giannis, because I think he no longer is the most accomplished player of his generation. You still might be able to say he is the best, but him and Jokic's resumes look very, very similar at this point. Um, well, Giannis is a better defensive player for sure. Jokic now is the ring that only Giannis of the great players in his generation have had. And I consider, you know, those great players of the generation, Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid. And now I think there's very clearly a Giannis and Jokic tier, and then below that an Embiid tier. And we'll get to Embiid in a second, I think. But I think before it was very, to me, it was Giannis won, Jokic and Embiid kind of at two, maybe Jokic a little bit ahead. And I think Jokic really just like distinguished himself, put himself in the honest tier. So for that reason, I think Giannis is just because he's no longer far and away the most accomplished player of his generation. It's fair. <clears throat> My winners are going to be rotational centers. I saw a take at some point during this finals that maybe Udonis Haslam should get some minutes because he's just a big man who could a body that they could throw at Nikola Jokic. Uh, it's ridiculous, but it's also some of the reason why like Cody Zeller was getting minutes. The Heat were awful with Cody Zeller on the floor, but he's like he's the next tallest guy we have. 
So I think a lot of teams are going to be trying to find bodies to throw at Nikola Jokic. And a lot of rotational centers out there as the league has moved into a small ball area may look to add guys who, oh, who can we throw at Jokic? Who can we throw at Giannis? Who can we throw at whoever? And uh, find just extra long dudes out there who, who maybe, maybe not deserve to be on an NBA court, but <laughs> will have to be because, hey, you know what? I can't find 6'11 guys anywhere, so just go ahead and go out there. I think Steven Adams should be a hot commodity going forward. <laughs> um, losers is Joel Embiid and Joel Embiid only. I said that this postseason he was either going to be closer to Shaq or closer to Carmelo Anthony. He's fallen way closer to that Carmelo Anthony area, and I think him and Jokic have been tied together for a really long time. Uh, he finally won an MVP this year, and Jokic had done significantly better than him at every single step of the postseason where people are like, like I think Jared even said it, he shouldn't even won the MVP. Um, so it's like, it, it's now come to a point where Joel Embiid is completely looked over as the best center in the league. He had a chance to be one of the best players, one of the three best players in the league, and I think that that's fallen off entirely. And I just think like your evil twin opposite, Nikola Jokic, doing so much better than you hurts you so, so much in the eyes of the NBA viewer. No, I totally agree. This was a very bad look, not only because Jokic did so well, but because Embiid collapsed in that final mm-hmm. series against the Celtics. Jared, you're up. Bart, last but not least. You know where I'm going with this winner. This is effectively my victory lap. The winner is Big Honey, the Joker, Serbian syrup. Call him whatever you want. I'm talking about Jokic because Nikola Jokic haters are finally, officially out of a job. It's those doubters are silenced now, and we can finally stop having this conversation. The two MVP seasons weren't enough. We talked about Embiid already. He deserved a third one this year, whatever. You know, the historic efficiency after many seasons was not enough. 
carry jobs that he did for the Nuggets and other playoffs weren't enough. Like the when they lost in five to the Warriors last year in the first round, people were like, "Oh, first round exit." He's so false. He's overrated. Mm-hmm. When he put up crazy numbers and the Warriors won the championship, but nobody cared. Whatever. Now his place amongst the all timers is undeniable. It's undeniable. He is objectively already a Hall of Famer. He's probably already got an argument for top 15, maybe more like top 20. Who knows where he'll end up after he retires, but he's only 28, so the sky is the limit. Um, So yeah, I'm very happy for Jokic. I'm happy that we can finally stop pretending that his numbers are fake or whatever. No, he really just (laughs) is that good. The loser for me is Jokic's alter ego, the jester, Serbian sugar, big molasses, as they call him. (laughs) I'm talking about Nikola Jovic. So to our listeners, that's with a V, the small forward rookie for the Heat. Uh, and I have a few reasons for this. Firstly, because he's on the Heat, so that he just lost, obviously, so that's one L. Mm-hmm. Secondly, because he was a non-factor in these playoffs. He played two total minutes in the finals. He averaged two minutes per game in the playoffs. So he was second on the Heat only to, you mentioned him earlier, I think Wyatt, second to Haslam, who was a glorified assistant coach. So he's a non-factor, basically. <laughs> But more than anything, I think he's a loser because now he's just literally always going to be living in Jokic's shadow. It sucks. I mean, they're both Serbian. His name is one letter different. (laughs) Like, he's the most recent Serbian player other than Jokic. So now everywhere he goes, whether it's in America or in Serbia, people are going to be comparing him to the stud who is now the best player in the world. I checked. Google doesn't do this right now. But my barometer for this is that one day Google will autocorrect Nikola Jovic to Nikola Jokic. That's how much he might get overshadowed by him in a few years. So I, I, I just feel that for him. Impossible. He he has a lot of Serbian pressure to live up to now, but yeah. it's all right. Maybe maybe he'll still be good. He is just a rookie. Yeah. Since me overall though. Good. Yeah. No good week for Serbia. Yeah. Big winners. Yeah. Big winners. <laughs> Jokovic won the or you know, set the record for most Grand Slams in tennis. Mm-hmm. Jokic mm. won his title. It was it was a good week. You know, we can mm. we can, you know, look past Jovic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Don't get, don't get me riled up again. Yes. No. Yes. No. I I'll also lodge this as my official apology. I was wrong. Part of it was just a bit because I wanted MB to be better, but there is no intellectually honest person that can argue that at this point. So, I will I will recede from that argument as well. The Stephen A. Smith argued it today, and that's he's wrong, but it's fine. <laughs> he's like, I don't even remember. I saw something on Twitter about it. I'll look it up. Some somebody somebody stall while I find the quote. Since we mentioned Udonis Haslam <laughs> and Nikola Jovic, did you know the Heat had both the oldest and youngest players in the series, which which would be those two? So oh, you okay. Haslam, I think. Huh. I want to say he's 43 and Jovic was 20. Yes. I looked up, yeah. Yeah, Jovic was 20 years old and he was a young, he was the youngest yeah. player in the series. That's, yeah. Haslam, literally, Haslam is there to be like a senior mentor at this point. Yeah. I, I don't understand how he still actually gets paid to be an NBA player when he would, <laughs> they could absolutely hire him to just be, yeah, like, yeah, on the that's staff. just like the weirdest yeah. thing is like, why can't he be a coach? 
Why can't he just transition into being a coach? He has to be a player. He's like one of those coaches, you know, like in baseball where like they wear the uniform. Like that's him, you know. (laughs) Ready to hop in if needed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like after once the playoffs started, he should have just showed up in a polo every day. Like you don't even put the jersey on. You run the layup lines. Here's your whistle. And then we'll just got to we'll just get a nice shirt that fits you. <laughs> Lucas, did we buy you enough time? No, I couldn't find it. Apparently he's endorsing Chris Christie though, for president. Who? That's what I found on Twitter. The former governor of New Jersey. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's random. Anyway, wait, Stephen A. <laughs> anyway, Smith or who are we who are we talking about? Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> That's what comes up when I search Stephen A. Smith. I did not have that in my bingo card. Uh, but <laughs> <Yeah>. anyway. <laughs> that, that was number one. I Google Stephen A. Smith. I Google Stephen A. Smith and Bede and it didn't come up. So and obviously I... redirected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's the next step. You must be looking for this. They're not redirecting Jovic to Jokic, but they're redirecting Embiid to Chris Christie. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, Chris Christie didn't come up with Embiid. I Googled. I just put in Stephen A. Smith first. And the first thing was like, Chris Christie, and then I'm like, okay, that's not what I want. Yeah. So then I put an Embiid, and then it didn't yeah. Help, so one of those searches though, where you end up clicking on the the wrong search, or you end up clicking on the Chris Christie article because you're like, I'm interested. But <laughs> no, <we're there>. <laughs> <laughs> Why would this be the case? Anyway, um, but okay. Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe on all our socials per usual. Lunchpal guys at on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um, show Bart some lotion, some some love on all those social medias each and every one of them for being right about Jokic because mm-hmm. he really was the only one who was right um been with him since day one since birth in serbia you know he was like <laughs> the three kings he was you know offering myrrh um, oh my god back then anyway um but but yeah we'll be back for our second episode of the week with some more nba talk uh, and also some nfl <laughs> stuff too uh, so see you then I like that you almost said offer Bart some lotion. So that was fun. <laughs> Where is this going? It's like... <laughs> He'd appreciate it.